Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Six minutes after two o'clock. Thank you so much for staying with us. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation. And we are unpacking the old ancient African calendar. I am uh, in conversation with um, really learned people who understand this uh, calendar uh, at depth. And uh, I also invite you to be a part of this conversation. And your interest here is really welcome. 0891-104-207. And uh, I just want to say welcome to my guests. And uh, I do also, by the way, this conversation is initiated by the fact that the uh, Zinzi Mandela Foundation is launching what they... uh, they, they want to reintroduce this um, the old ancient African calendar. That's why we essentially are having this conversation. So I'm in conversation with three gentlemen, and uh, we are also going to be asking the uh, Zinzi Mandela Foundation why this is such an important conversation. Don't mind the gentlemen behind. You can hear people saying, of course, they are all here now. <laughs> and uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah. Is at the C- he's at the Zinzi Mandela Foundation. He's a CEO there. And let me just start with you and say welcome to the show. So this the in the, the concept of um re I suppose I'm gonna call it reintroducing the calendar back to us. What inspired that? Well uh, um I think uh, you know it's 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 the whole need for for the continent, not only South Africa, to decolonize. Yes. And one of the things that I had organized, as you know, or or identified as one of uh, you know the pillars of um, uh, what's supposed to be our foundation, yes, is the calendar. And we had our own calendar, mm-hmm. but now because of colonization, mm-hmm. we've been introduced to a calendar that is. Uh, northern based mm-hmm. it's not a uh, we are in the southern hemisphere yes so the calendar we are using it's a uh, you know northern based so that's what uh, you know motivated my work yes. you know and the people I work <coughs> with to then reintroduce uh, this calendar as it was before like in uh, it means we're going back you know um, uh, from where we, we started from so that motivated us to actually then reintroduce the calendar as it was before colonization, uh, you know, started. So I'm um, other people as well here in studio. Relitsazi uh, Bokaba, who is, uh, I think you've got many titles, but I'm going to say Umkul. <laughs> and then I'm also uh, in company with Dr. Zulu Matambo uh, Zulu, who was also a doctoral practitioner and um, an inspired individual. Is that okay if I say an inspired individual? Because I think we'll be here for a long time. We are going to be here for a long time. So, gentlemen, how do we understand? Do we all understand the African calendar to be the same? Yes. Do we? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so basically, um, even though uh, there will be seasons and geographical locations that will influence, you know, the calendars, uh, but basically they are the same, uh, especially at the level of principles, right? Uh, so, for example, Basutu uh, celebrate their New Year in August, mm-hmm. right? 
and then uh, it is interesting and then you'll find that uh, the northerners in, in 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 south africa they will celebrate it in september for example mm -hmm. like umkulu in jingoba ekulumili but they are all connected because uh, Basutu celebrate of yeah. the of the year. Yes. Right. Mm. And then and then uh, the other will celebrate um, the f what I call the full moon, right? Mm. Because Utwasa is uh, when the moon is in the state of Utwasa, it's invisible. You mm. don't see it. Mm. You see. Uh, so high Duluga, meaning when it's full moon. You see, that's where the mandula comes in, you mm. know, because it's full moon. Mm -hmm. So, but they're all celebrating the same thing. And it's interesting, even when you look at the Ethiopian uh, calendar also, uh, it's also traversing August and September mm. also, you know. Mm. So they're all uh, the same thing and basically inspired a lot by the, by the cosmos. So where would we be now if we were following this calendar? Um, um, uh, you, you mean uh, the African calendar? Yes. Oh, uh, October. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's the second uh, month. Right now. It's the second month of, uh, you know, the African year. Okay. And uh, remember that, uh, you know, the, the beginning when uh, our ancestors started to doing this work, <laughs> they started following the moon around our planet Earth. Then, uh, you know, it was then discovered that it was too erratic mm. for it to be predicted with certainty as to whether it will be this year, you know, it will be exactly mm. at that point. Mm. They then started calculating our planet around the sun, mm. which then gave them the solar. Mm. So remember, the moon doesn't generate the energy, but it reflects the energy from sure. the sun. Mm -hmm. sure. So there's no difference. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, August in Zulu, that is the beginning, the nurturing energy of the sun. You know, it was an August, mm. but basically, mm. that energy, which then confirms what we are now, mm. you know, uh, ready for the new cycle. And and and, and I think, Mamutene, the most important thing is uh, we should be African, the whole of African continent. We might be on the southern part of Africa, but the African calendar. Uh, it's about the Sahara, which is in the north, and Kalahari in the south, and the Bukongo region. It, 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 it must reflect the, the dynamism of Africa as a whole. Uh, for example, where I'm seated, uh, I'm talking about the African cosmic calendar, mm -hmm. which is almost what um, Kulun Zingiza has said. Today, for example, I feel empowered because for me, it's not the 28th of October, it's the 8th of uh, the Palana. Mm -hmm. This is the time when uh, the animal kingdom uh, it, it gives us their, their, their young ones mm -hmm. because Africans look at the nature from all aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, September, uh, it's, we, are t we are starting with the uh, greening of the environment, the times of the rains and so forth. And um, next month it will be about the fruits uh, which you find in this thing. So it goes like that. And... Uh, it's correct. Like we are in the second month of African mm. uh, calendar. In terms of the year, where would we be sitting? Hey, you see, that uh, differs a lot. That's why the Ethiopians, their year is calculated. It's politically motivated. Yes. Mm. So if we were to calculate the beginning, what Okoko called the Zeptepi, mm. it would be, you know, uh, closer to um, uh, when they erected the oldest stone calendar in the world here in Pumalang. 
So, you know, that's the closest we can get because that's the oldest, you know, stone calendar in the world. So our calculation w- should be based on that because that is older than the Pyramid of Giza. Mm. But they are on the same, you know, a golden mm. meridian, mm. you know, that sure. line from, uh, you know, the mm. south down <clears throat> to, to Egypt. So our calculation, if we were to you know really yes. calculate it has to you know go there that's why the pro you know the project it's a work in progress mm. now yeah. we need scientists exactly. you know to give us certainty yeah. and to revisit back uh, to the 10 10 day uh, you know week uh, you know instead of seven days based on the mm. decans that uh, really governed you know our weeks and uh, you know months two, two <laughs> things two things uh, I'm sure Kulun um, Zingiza, when he speaks about scientists, he'll speak. We are speaking about the African-centered intel- intellectual scientists. <laughs> this is where I was going to uh, go. Scientists who will understand Africa. We not Eurocentric um, mm. uh, scientists who, in fact, they have gen- generally even today uh, they are in fact recolonizing Africa because of the information. <laughs> They are giving just to add uh, yes, a little no, bit about the discovery of Mpumalanga. You've got Namu- Namutarunga in Kenya also there, where almost the same calendar was there, and the, the people of Mali, the Dongon people, they before even because unfortunately even with the periodization, we we are talking about uh, the CE co- common era and the before common era. Africans don't know about that because we are connected even to our ancestors who passed millions and billions of years ago. So we don't have that. And you can, as Mkulu is saying, it's a work in progress. But scientists here, it's like, it's like you are uh, uh, oracles, African oracles who are spread across Africa, like Umkulu, Vusama Zulu, Muta, who are, are there and who have written about these things, not from the perspective of the astronomers and other people who are basically Eurocentric in their approach. Mm, absolutely, and just to add into that, uh, and, and basically, Umkulu Magati Africans, you know, do not know about BCE um, or Christian era. I think it doesn't mean the lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. but rather we don't use mm. that kind of, you know, yes. time. Yes. Um, so I just want to add to Umkulu Thongwani, uh, making a very good point on, uh, with respect to your question about, you know, what year would, would that mm-hmm. be? Mm-hmm. And indeed, uh, this is a work in progress. We're all working on that. But I just want to add that there are a lot of things from a perspective of time milestones yes. that will assist us. So, for example, I think the oldest um, uh, discovery with respect to the symbolic uh, uh, behavior mm. of the Africans mm. is, is actually here in South Africa. Before, it used to be said that uh, Europe, they are the ones who, who, uh, who discovered symbolic logic. By symbology, we mean the ability to yes. to use abstract, yes. you know, reasoning. Yes. Well, that has been discounted Dispelt, now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, South Africa, mm. uh, we're talking about the Blombos yes. uh, Cave yes. as well as Deep Kloof Cave, mm. where we've got uh, writings that have been discovered, mm. but they have not mm-hmm. been um, deciphered Distilled, yet. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. And then we also have mathematical artifacts, mm. both Ishango, which yes. is in Congo, mm. which is more than twenty thousand years old, mm. and we also have geometric uh, mathematical mm. uh, artifacts in South Africa mm. which are more than 70,000 years old mm. very powerful stuff mm. and uh, and so I'm one of the people who are given the gift of being able to actually 
produce mathematical aspects out of that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm just trying to say, and, I, I, and some of these things, I cover them in my book, the Sutu Dictionary of Mathematics. Mm-hmm. Another book, African Origin of, of Mathematics. Another one, Basutu Origin of Mathematics. So basically, um, as, as the point was well made, it is us, the African natives, who will go out there and put together these stories and construct the correct timeline with respect to the you know, scientific discoveries that have been made, but led by us as, 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 as they have been made. Mm-hmm. Because I think the greatest tragedy mm-hmm. is that someone who doesn't have a lived experience is the one who writes mm-hmm. about us. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and maybe that's just part of the problem. The problem here we, we are facing is that you're almost up against a specific tide mm-hmm. where there is everybody else and everybody else and their agenda and this very important agenda, but with very few people committed to the project. Oh, no, certainly. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, uh, people uh, that uh, uh, somehow are derailing uh, progress for Africans are the scholars themselves. Because you see, uh, if most of the scholars are are Western influenced and shaped in terms of their perceptions, so when you come with a different view, because it doesn't fit the model that the Westerner gave him in terms of adjudicating some of these things, then they negate and say, I don't want to mess up my my scholarly image so is that common <clears throat> is it common that there isn't room for difference okay. in scholarly spaces let, let me also as I, i'm going to respond to your question for me when i was a young man when i heard the the call for the liberation of africa my boy africa mm. uh, just to add on what Nkulunzingiza i said uh, I, I put the blame to the African liberation movements across the whole of the African continent. They failed these kind of initiatives because mm-hmm. the scholars will in fact begin to respond to the needs of Africa once the political leadership mm-hmm. gives away. For example, Africa is faced with a serious problem of uh, Christianization in the southern part and Arabization in the northern part and those are in fact creating much of a problem and most of these scholars uh, generally they have gone through either of these uh, religions and I'm, ag- I'm not against them yes. but I'm saying that in most cases they create they don't even give a space for the African people how do you feel Memutene, that today uh, all other people who descended and came with sheep and some of them flew in Africa. They have days which they call them holidays, but the African majority uh, from the Quayland, which I prefer to call it, is not Cape of Good Hope because that's Vasco da Gama, to the uh, Gibraltar, Strait of Gibraltar, where Africans are. We have never even, our children don't know that is there a day or days or places which are sacred and holy for the African people to know that today we are connecting with who, who we are. So for me, the African liberation movements, uh, that's where I'm t- saying they, I, I had hoped 
that from 1957 until to date, they should have started and begun to say that initiatives like African calendar, because then a calendar is a system, it's a program of action, it, it is a, it's a call for action, it, it makes everybody from the family to understand who you are and where you're going to. But we are using, that's why in an African family you'll find people uh, coming with different cultures, religions in one household. And that's what Marimba Ani says. We are looking at our families just disintegrating before our eyes. That's an excellent point. I just want to add to that. Um, you know, um, if the liberation movements had had shown an interest mm -hmm. in our cultural knowledge, mm -hmm. we would have made a lot of progress. And I just want to add to what he said. What he said is very excellent because I, I was in exile. So I, I was in an ANC liberation camp, for example. And I can recall the first day I stepped into the camp that uh, we have this political education. And our textbook was uh, Karl Marx, mm. Das Kapital. Mm. We're learning about Karl Marx, mm. learning about Lenin and stuff like that. And I was saying to myself, so I used to be a Christian before. Mm. So I said, I ran away from a white God mm. in South Africa mm. to come and join the liberation movement. But now I'm being introduced to another white God mm. in the form of Karl Marx. Mm. So that is the greatest tragedy in terms of our cultural knowledge. However, you know, life must go on, right? So we have embarked on these projects. All of us here are working on the same projects. It's not easy. It is hard. We don't get any financial support from anybody. And maybe I want to ask about that. Why is the African agenda? I see this often in my short life that it, it, there are some political leaders who would want to advance it you know, and start the conversation. And then it goes, and then at some point it disintegrates. And it goes, and then at some point it... Why, why do you think that is? Why does that happen? Where the agenda kind of has a future and then it loses momentum every now and then? Uh, uh, I think it's the system. Mm. We are under a Western construct. And uh, a Western construct, it has its own system. So our people are operating within the confines of this Western construct. So it doesn't, it doesn't give them a breathing space. Like, I'll make an example. The, the, the government is pushing social cohesion, you know, at the expense of the cultural and social and economic well-being of the majority of the people. What was supposed to happen in '94? it's a much concentration in terms of rebuilding mm -hmm. people that were affected by colonization and apartheid african people black people in south africa instead of just thinking and assuming that when you then bring people to the rainbow nation table then everything will be forgotten we are the workers you know weakest link in that uh, you know round table because culturally socially and economically we are down there we're supposed to be lifted up so that, uh, you know, we then sit there as equal around there, uh, you know. So we need to deal with the system. Is it the <clears> system? <throat> because the system is a very, it's a, I think many of us know the system has a problem. Those who, who are worth their, <laughs> worth their weight in salt, I think they know the system is a problem. But what I'm trying to understand is knowing that the system is, prob is problematic and we've, we've understood that. I'm still not sure why is it that in some instances when it suits the political agenda, there's unity 
in the African continent. You know, there's camaraderie, there's unity, there is this boys club. They protect one another at the expense of the most vulnerable and so on. For me, that's a political agenda. Because whether we like it or not, it is still a political agenda. Why is it that the African agenda at its core value system then fails? Okay. If we are able to then use the African agenda for other purposes, why can't the value systems of the African uh, culture then also have the same kind of political support? Remember, just a historical account. Yes. Liberation, uh, our freedom fighters, those who led the liberation uh, struggles, yes. were the products of missionary education. Mm. So missionary education was a intricate system of ah. uh, Christianizing and Arabizing and de alkaracharizing African people. And now, with the present political leadership, you have those who have, in fact, imbibed colonial education. In South Africa, we call it Bantu education. So that Bantu education, uh, together with the culture which you don't find expressed both in terms of tangible and intangible, because many of us, you must remember, many of us, we carry the skin of being African, we carry also the locality, but we, we are not, we don't have what we call Africanness. Mm -hmm. we, 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 in our way of looking at Africa, we, we have not even started even saying, can I even die for Africa? Do I feel it in my soul? Do I feel this Africa in the heartbeat mm. of me? Mm. Do I acquire it every day? Do When when I wake up, like for example, Africans give up about path. Mm. Do you, like coming here, you just ask Bogogo, Tinala, mm. we, we invited them, Bogogo no Bumkulu. And I'm happy that you have also bring the balance here because mm. the femininity, African are goddess-based people. We are not a God-based. We are a feminine God-based people. We are goddesses-based people. And that is why if Africa, African calendar, which we are talking about, if it's going to bring that out, we are going to begin to see over a, exponentially, over a period of time, Africans becoming be rewired and re-socialized back to where we are. Of course, it's going to be a challenge. And, and just to add to that, uh, in addition to the colonial historical aspect as an impediment to to the mm -hmm. cultural projects, the mindset is the greatest yeah. impediment, as Mkulu uh, um, mentions here. Uh, so when I came from exile, I, I embarked on a longitudinal study mm -hmm. because I wasn't here during 1994. So I wanted to get an idea of what is the mindset of the people, mm -hmm. how they feel about the change. <laughs> And basically, uh, I found that after more than eight years, that uh, the, the things that we are talking about as to why things are not moving forward, mm -hmm. why there's not a favor mm -hmm. about cultural projects, mm -hmm. except when it benefits yes. other people uh, politically. And I found that the issue is actually the home inside the home, mm -hmm. right? When you read uh, Credo Motor's books, especially uh, Africa, My Witness, he says that uh, during the missionary times, uh, they, uh, they used to make it a rule that every African home must have a picture of a white person inside. Uh, you know, like a, a Queen Victoria and Jesus Christ and all that. I'm going to pause it right okay. there because there are other things that we need to address. But let me quickly go to Romeo because I've got a few seconds. Romeo, sure. you're calling us from KZN High. Good afternoon, and uh, both of your guests. Uh, how are you this afternoon? We are well. We are well. Go ahead, Romeo. 
Okay. No, I just wanted to, to echo my voice on the issue of African uh, calendar. That uh, I was about to say, isn't it not too late for us to launch our African values as what we used to see a long time ago? Because I grew up at a time when people used to, um, during the time of harvesting, and people have to take those uh, what we have harvested at a time in the preparation of um, uh, the next season to go into the mountain and to make a thinking. It, it, it used to be done in all over the country and the possible. Uh, I might not know how many countries that have been doing that, but where I grew up, I used to see all these things as part of um, acknowledging that we had a wonderful season and this is the time also to come and thank you and uh, we really also want uh, more rain as we are about to do this because if you look at um, what he is talking about the issue of uh, the values of liberation struggle partly uh, three quarters of it it has been eroded uh, it's no more uh, seen as the value due to the fact of that when we adopted the um, human rights uh, from the United Nations, and I think we couldn't really realize that as African we need to have our own system that goes in line and put in line together with the, also the rest of the world. Today for us to go back and... I think there is a lot of work to be done because, which is why there is a lot of killing, because we are no longer seeing our values as what we grew up into the mountain in our caves, being taught, being a man. How are you going to associate yourself with the rest of the world? And for me, I see that I think this had to be addressed, possible maybe from AU as um, those people who are making research, or maybe subject, I don't know, but I see like uh, it's already too late for us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Romeo. Romeo, they're calling us from KZ, and we'll pick this up just after the headlines. We've just gone uh, one at two thirty. Let's go to Utile Saku for the latest in headlines. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. What an interesting conversation we're having. We're discussing the Royal African calendar being introduced back into our system. Of course, as Africans, there was always how a way in which we were able to calculate the months and time of our years and so on. So um, there is a suggestion that we go back there and start this project all over again. This is a project that's been initiated by the Zinzi Mandela Foundation. I'm in this conversation with Umkulu Singiza, who is a CEO of the Zinzi Mandela Foundation. I'm also in conversation with Rebo who is Sangoma? Uh, I'm also in conversation with Dr. Zulu, who's also a doctoral practitioner and historian as well. And we all just, you know, sort of shooting the breeze and, and really talking about this really important conversation about how is it that we we have kind of lost the the sense of urgency to go back to our African values. And that's where we had kind of bro- broken the conversation before we went to the headlines. But then there was a call coming from Romeo earlier, which said, gentlemen, is it not too late? Yeah, uh, I, I can understand the concerns, uh, legitimate concerns on the part of uh, Romeo. But I just want to say that it is never too late 
to start doing something that will add value, mm-hmm. especially for the future generations. So we were speaking about the contra, the, 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 the construct of, of colonialism and how we are really worse off now because of the system. We also don't, I don't think we've given enough time and effort to unpacking what that means exactly. You spoke of there was an era where you had to have a face of a white person on your wall to In display, yeah. to display your, your loyalties or whatever. But there was also a time when practicing your African tradition was illegal yes. in this country. And that's not... That's not millions of hundreds of years ago. It's it's in my lifetime, right? In other words, my parents' generation uh, of an era where you could go to jail for part. Yes. Why don't we discuss that? Because that's part of where the damage has gone wrong. Absolutely, and uh, maybe just to um, uh, add some few points there, as I was uh, uh, relating to uh, Credo Motua's book when he was describing that issue, and it looks like, uh, you know, the mission schools, uh, which uh, people used to be beaten up if they spoke their language and stuff like that. So it looks like all those things had a cumulative effect Mm -hmm. of of divorcing the African from their culture. But but the point I wanted to make, especially on the mindset aspect, Mm -hmm. is that Today, it is no longer, you know, a, a white person with a gun forcing a, a, an African to abandon their culture. Mm-hmm. But we are, the, 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 the abandonment of culture is reproducing itself. It's like the seeds have been planted. Is it fair to say that or there needs to be a more empathetic way of looking at this? Because if you've got a generation of people who've lived under fear, if fear was the narrative, in other words, you had to not only be ashamed, but you were afraid for many reasons. Preservation was for you to abandon. Yes, to, to, to give it a, an academic, uh, scholarly, maybe a posture. We, 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 let's not talk a lot about colonialism. Let's talk about neo-colonialism. What Nkulu uh, Zulu Matabu is talking. The face is no longer of a white European gunman. The phases of African leaders, and I think we, as the uh, indigenous knowledge holders and practitioners, we must begin to speak not in cliches, platitudes. We must begin to to knock at the doors of our leadership mm. because they are the ones. In fact, they must begin to say, uh, whilst the African uh, celebrating the so-called Heritage Month in Africa, in South Africa has got nothing to do with Africanness. If you go out there and you are saying that those resources could be put in place to be able to address the new colonial state we are living in. Mm-hmm. Because it we should because here we must be able to know that it is no longer the Europeans who are doing this. It's us who are in fact by avoiding to do what is African and we are promoting it at the expense of promoting other cultures and other educational systems. For example, where I'm seated, the educational system as it is, I remember last year I penned a letter to the president, presidency and say, the science, the natural science which my children are, are studying at from grade four to mm. grade nine, mm-hmm. president, it's about, Euro, Euro, it's Eurocentric. 
The definition of a matter in Africa has got nothing to do with something which the way the Europeans are telling us. We are a water-based people and so forth. Now, I'm saying those are the things which if the political leadership can be able to open up doors for uh, to begin to hear us because they are far from us. Uh, mm-hmm. they, are, they are just giving us workshops, they are just giving us little corners where we can be talking. This has to be at the central point of the national development plan of each and every country in Africa. Because once we have our calendar, the calendar will then be able to tell every child of Africa. Because our children now, they are, they are crying for who they are, their mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. if you look mm-hmm. at them. Stamani, you are calling us from Midrand. Good afternoon. Afternoon. The your visitors as well. Yes, sir. Uh, look, this is a very great matter. Uh, the reality is that uh, when you talk of capturing, it's the very same thing. You know, African were colonial to British and so on. The reality is that the teachings that are there, uh, it's praying to us. That is why today we don't even have rain. Uh, when you look uh, uh, in uh, we had the Queen Mujaji there, the Queen of Rain. Uh, during this drought, we were going to ask uh, for assistance and then... Uh, uh, she speak to her sisters and have raised. So the reality is that, uh, you see, people who have money, they buy you out because they commercialize religion. You know, uh, and uh, when you look at the African beliefs, they are wiped out altogether. And even the worst part of it is that our leaders are taking our ch- their own children uh, to these foreign schools. You know, when they come back, uh, they tell us about how America, how these foreign countries are nothing to be told about Africanism. You know, so it's a very, very problematic issue. Uh, we celebrate what they celebrate. You know, uh, that is what the, 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 the officer said. He African went to exile. He was running away from a white, you know, uh, Christ and God. But we are from another state and... and, and because it's indoctrination. Everybody um, Oh, it's such a bad line. Maybe we'll try and get you on a better line. Let's go to a quick break. And we welcome those calls, as I said earlier, on 0891-104-207 as we continue our discussion. on uh, Fundamentally, it started as a calendar, but I think it's gone far beyond that at the moment. So I do welcome those calls on 0891-104-207. Topical discussions, analyses with key newsmakers and thought leaders. The proposition is that we go back to the African calendar, and that's a proposition by the Zizi Mandela Foundation. And I'm in conversation with Mkulun Zingiza, who is a CEO of the Zinzi Mandela Foundation, Rebukaba as well, who is Ubaba. Uh, Sangoma, I'll call him, and then uh, Dr. Zulu as well, who is an intellectual and historian as well. So we, we're discussing systems that have broken our value systems as Africans and the agenda that has fallen off. Let me quickly first go to a phone call by Umzingisi. Are you, is that Umzingisi from Cape Town? Thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, uh, actually, uh, my, actually, my, what you call my contribution is a small man. And uh, I would like to thank you, what you call FAFM, for bringing Omkulu to discuss these topics. But uh, what I want Omkulu and what you call, and, uh, and, and the group, or, or so what you call, uh, whatever, what you call them, it's unity, man. We've got all 
Ubaba Umatule Mutsecha with his own institute trying to promote the African way of living. We've got Umamunogzola Mdeende trying to do what you call it, Tamaku Institute to teach the African ways of doing things. So my suggestion is this. Can we work in unity and have one thing? And finally, we as South Africans were up in arms when what you call solidarity was about to build a, a Africana university. Can we have what you call these scholars build our own thing that is like going to teach African uh, way of doing things? Can we build something? Can we not always claim uh, people's things? Can we do our own things? I mean, it's like, can we work together? That's so, my contribution. Thank, thank you so much for that. So basically, I think the outcry is to say, okay, now that we know we've got a problem, right? And and I want my children to learn about this. I don't know if I have 20 years to wait. I want them to go somewhere now. You know, you know uh, Muslim children have got a place to go. Uh, children who are of the Jewish Orthodox faith have got somewhere to go. And we, we're not quite collaborating, and I think this is what the point of the caller was, to say, why are we not institutionalizing now? Create the structures for us to have this agenda solidified. Uh, remember, you know, it's very easy for, for, for people with resources to yes. do that. Yes. It's all about resources. So if, uh, you know, at a national level, this thing, it's not top of their agenda. Yes. We, you know, we're trying to keep the fires burning, mm. but we are not going to sustain this thing, to, you know, for a long time because you need resources. It is the work of government to do this. You know, when they identify people who are actually, you know, uh, doing things, uh, you know, to correct such, uh, some of these things, they need to come in, come on board and assist in the development. Because it's like when we talk like this here at home in Africa, mm. we, you know, it's like we're in China trying to convert the Chinese to say, leave your calendar, here's my calendar. I, you I know, can't imagine, we, though. We, we fight for space yes. when we're supposed to be just given space so that we are able to re-teach our people as to, you know, what is the African identity. But, so let me ask this question. I can't imagine that when you then engage with people who are sitting in those comfortable seats, they oppose this. Surely, surely nobody sees anything wrong with this. So what's the problem? Yeah. Are they, are they, is this just, you know, are they, what do they say? Maybe, maybe they do oppose it. And what do they say? Maybe uh, there is no uptake. That like, they, you know, like, you know, you take a horse to a, you know. Yes, you can't make it drink. But there's no uptake. Yes. yes. And and maybe also the, the importance of the calendar. Maybe we, we need to understand why we were colonized in the first place. Mm. I always ask people this question, which mm. is mm. apparently an obvious question. But actually... The reason we were colonized is because of the sunshine. Yes. Because uh, Jan van Riebeck arrived here in 1652. It was April when he arrived. There is not much sunshine in Europe in April. So, so when he came here, he said, uh, we are going to take this from them, the sunshine. Now, Jan, uh, Vasco da Gama arrived here in 1497, and that was in December. Yes. There is no sunshine in Europe in December. Extremely cold. So what I'm, the point I'm making is that the calendar is connected to the sun, right? Uh, if you look at, at, at Basotho, they have these, uh, these festivals. 
you know, that were connected with their calendar, like Muketi Walewa, mm -hmm. right? Which in, in English, I suppose, would mean uh, the, the ceremony of strategic reflection. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Muketi Wat Osamasiv, Dasamasuza Star, Sirius, for example, because that's connected to the calendar. So, and, and, and also what's interesting is that you've got different contributions that have built uh, Basutu society, like you've got the agrarians. Those are the women, because the women are the owners of the land. And you've got the pastoralists. Uh, those are the men who, 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 who do this. So I suppose the point I'm making is that if people can understand how they lost the land, they lost it because of the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And the calendar is bringing, is highlight, is underscoring that fact. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We, 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 lost, we lost the land. After that, they realized that we've got minerals, we've got the sun, we've got all these things. They then enslaved our minds. They destroyed our souls. But coming back to the African calendar, you know the most important thing, Mamtid, it's not a, a religious calendar. It's a utilitarian, practical, social. In it, there's economics. In it, there's engineering. Uh, in it, there's planning. In it, there's time for harvesting. In it, there's time for rain. For example, I... I, I, I I've seen the whole cabinet is running around, as far as I'm concerned, mm. in South Africa, headless. Because for, for me, where I'm mm. seated, mm. the rains are, are going to come. They might come late, but they might not. If we had checked with Isilimela, mm. star system, about four months ago, the rainmakers, the Baroka, the Batonga people, those who are gifted, who come from Badimu with the knowledge of the astronomy, the rain patterns, and they could have projected to the cabinet to say, you don't have to get te telescopes to understand when, how we're going to have these rains. This is how, what's going to happen. So where I'm seated, the, today is the 8th of the Palana. I am not much worried that we are in a drought situation. Mm. I will tell you, this is the second month of the new year. Mm. I'll start being worried in Moretla month, which is the third month, mm. to say, uh, because we could have already put the seeds in the soil. Mm. Where is the rain? And what kind of pl planting must we do? Because not every year we must plant yes. one and the same thing. Yes, yes. So the, the problem is that, as you ask Nkulun Zingiza, why the, the leaders are not hearing us from Cape mm to Cairo, or uh, for, for me, Koiland, because that's where the Koi people are. Why are they not hearing this? Maybe we need to raise our voices higher, uh, like the caller who said that there must be unity. The unity is that we must not be afraid to go and engage people somewhere in Bukongo, somewhere in Mali, because culture does not have borders, African culture. We, the cultural activists must now begin to have their own networks, like the liberation movements, how they operated, mm. so that we begin to talk to people in Botswana, we begin to talk to people in Bukongo. For the last point, we've got sufficient water and river systems in the Bukongo land, in Congo only, and that water can supply the hydroelectric power to almost the whole of Africa if it is being taken care of. But because the Belgians and the Germans mm. and the British, they realize the extent of the resources in that area. We are still in the mud of confusion and now it's being added by a neo-colonial state mm. in which we are. Zamo, you're calling us from Bloemfontein. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks. Go ahead, Zamo. Thank you. Please, the name is Bramoro. Sorry, I beg your pardon? The name, the name is Bramoro. Bramoro. The name. Bramoro. 
Yes, please. First time on your show. Thank you for the good show and the dedication you are giving us. Go ahead. First of all, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to do a little high school studies in Ghana, a country called Ghana. Okay. If you go back to Ghana, they, um, they do have their own calendar, which is the traditional one, the local one. Yes. Each month has its meaning. So in Ghana, when they want to do farming, like what Ntate just previously said, if they want to plant maize, they know the season or the month which they do have to plant the maize. Every month has a certain seed or crop which they do have to plant. But when the white people came in, they wiped up out all this information from our system. Mm. They introduced this to us. That is why we end up having frequent farming in Africa. Each African country has its own culture. That helps us. Like now, we are facing um, drought and then we are facing water shortages across the country, in South Africa, for example. So if we were to go by our traditional calendar, then we know maybe in the month of December, there, there is going to be shortage of water. Mm. But in the month of February, uh, water is going to be an abundance over us. Then we know how to store, uh, provide storage for all these facilities. So if we want to implement such measures, but I probably um, appeal to you, next time when you do have this con- uh, maybe conversation, if you can invite the Minister of Art and Culture, so he can also attest to it and maybe let's see if they can propagate this into our educational system whereby we can teach our kids from metric. They can learn this culture from maybe the grassroots. So by the time they get to university, this is not going to be out of the system. Because now, whenever there is Christmas, it's holiday. But when uh, it's time for us to celebrate our traditional culture, it is never a holiday. Mm. Uh, last two weeks ago, it was Makufi and um, Mangaun Culture Festival in Bloemfontein. We were celebrating but then it wasn't a holiday. But if it is a Christmas for a white person or Easter, we make it a holiday, meaning we don't even value and respect our own culture, which hates us. Thank you very much for this Thanks. opportunity. Thanks. you want to respond to that? Yes, yes, I, I fully agree. But you see, the, the long-term solution for us as African people, it's unity. We need to unite outside politics, mm-hmm. you know, so that uh, because that will give us an opportunity as a collective to come up, uh, you know, with solutions to all of our problems, socially, culturally, and economically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to allow also for, <laughs> I mean, we've run out of time, so I don't know if this is where we wanted to end the conversation, but we've started something. And then I hope it, you know, it, it grows legs and maybe there are people listening here who will take this very seriously. Your parting shots, Dr. Zulu? Yes, I just want to add, uh, th- uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, the, the example that um, um, Kulu gave about the stars, Limela, mm-hmm. just to give a practical mm-hmm. example, it has got seven stars. And uh, so mathematically, the permutation of seven is, is a very big number, yes. sub- something like uh, more than 700 mm-hmm. different ways. So, so the Africans were able to look at that and say that when is the angle of one of the stars is in a certain way, we are going to have a lot of rain mm-hmm. or we are not going to have rain, yes. stuff like that. So uh, basically what we need to do is to come together uh, to unite and we are all running different organizations. I'm running an institute, a, a private research institute called Madisebo University College where we are doing a lot of research and we are all doing a lot of work different ways. But I think what will be great is the government to have an interest in what we are doing, to have an active interest, not not just to you know pay lip service or to praise us when we speak in conferences and then it ends there. Mm. Because that's what happens right mm. now, you mm. see. Your party shot. <laughs> Rebu Gaba. Uh, 
my, just to add on what Mkulun Zingiza was saying, we need artists, musicians, chroniclers, philosophers, poets, psychologists, spiritualists, and storytellers of African people and African-centered to, to begin this, um, uh, what I call the second liberation of Africa. Because um, it, it, you must remember, many renaissances across the world were not created by politicians. They were created by people who are like Mkulu Vusama Zulumutwa. People who, who has worked and he's going to die for Africa. We need that. And it is also going to be a challenge where we are seated that let's see all these great minds and great uh, Africans who are already at the higher pedestal promoting the young ones after them. Let's make sure that we support them because once we do that, I'm telling you, unfortunately, the electoral politicians and they will follow uh, follow that. But what we need to do is that those cultural activists must unite more than ever before across the colonial uh, artificial boundaries which were created by colonialists. Because once we do that, uh, the, the political, the AU, will begin to hear that Africans are beginning to unite. Really appreciate the time. And that conversation will be available as a podcast.